First off, I wanted to thank you, Michael, for coming on to the Average Chimp podcast. And I wanted to thank all the viewers that are joining us here today as we have conversations with inspirational figures within our communities that are on here to share their experiences and stories to tell the tale of their life. This is podcast number eight, introducing our guest, Michael Q, who's a TikTok star and also the CEO of Owning the Workshop, which is a dope streetwear brand amongst all of his other projects. I'm glad to have you on, Michael. Yeah, I appreciate it to be here. I'm super excited to provide as much value as possible to all you guys. But uh, yeah, so let's do this. Yeah, so uh, tell me about your TikTok career because I came across you through TikTok. And I was like, oh, like, who, who is this guy, you know, spitting random facts? But then I saw you come again on my For You page. And then you were just always <laughs> there. And then and then I gave you a follow. And I realized that you're doing something very unique on TikTok. And I wanted, before I get into that, I wanted to know your story. How did you get into TikTok? How did you come across the app? How did you decide uh, to make videos yeah, okay. on TikTok? So first, firstly, I started on Instagram about six, seven years ago. Mm-hmm. Just getting, uh, just, just starting out on social media. I had no idea what I was doing, but I understood that there was something of value that I wanted to like, kind of like take mm-hmm. advantage and extract a lot of attention online, a lot of scalability for a business, whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, so I started, I started an Instagram page, got 25,000 followers mm-hmm. in the fitness niche. So I was posting long form, long form content. I went completely unorthodox to what everyone else was saying about like how uh, Instagram is very visual. Nobody's going to read your long form captions, mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. Then I had a second page, grew to 300,000, got deleted for a violation of guidelines. I still have no idea till what, till this day, which guideline was violated. Uh, that tell sucks. You, yeah. Go, go read it again. Yeah. <clears throat> then I had another 80, 80K page in fitness mm-hmm. and a 200K page on Facebook. And then, uh, so I was always the person that was kind of like, I prefer to stay behind the scenes, push other people's content, repurpose, mm-hmm. and then just put it out there. And without me being in the, in the video or, or the picture. Mm-hmm. And then I and then I saw TikTok and I saw they had a lot of uh, it clearly has massive amounts of uh, organic reach. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we were still relatively new. Like the way I describe it is like I kind of got on in November, mm-hmm. so about seven months ago, and um, that was like the best the the end of the best 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 period. If that makes any sense. So I started off with a first account, mm-hmm. tested out for one month, and I recommend you guys do the same if you're just starting out too. Uh, getting used to the in-app features, filters, uh, all the different stuff, you know, mm-hmm. the, uh, the algorithm, understanding how it works, challenges everything. And then uh, I started my second account, and that account is the one that I grew up to now. Now, I just want to say, I, I think yeah. November 25th, 2019, you had around like 2,000 followers. It's yes. July 10th today and you're you're hitting home you're you're at that home stretch for a million that's incredible that's a massive number like did you ever envision yourself getting this you know popular on an app uh tiktok when you first started off or was it did or was like a million a number you never thought would come um so for me specifically Mm -hmm. i've already passed through that mindset shift when i had 300k on ig Mm -hmm. you know so it wasn't like and it wasn't yeah okay it wasn't it wasn't a page of me mm-hmm. but it was still like the first stepping stone of like okay i can still get a lot of followers on social media in general on the internet mm-hmm. whatever mm-hmm. but uh did i envision myself getting this much not really not really wow yeah because uh... but then after i got like a, a few viral videos mm-hmm. a, a few viral videos like hit i was like okay i could definitely hit a million followers for sure mm-hmm. for sure 
<laughs> like you said, be consistent. Literally, this is this is my process for my for my creation. So mm-hmm. it's I have a reference list. I keep myself in the creative mind throughout the entire day, always writing down ideas in my reference list. Mm-hmm. Then I refer to my list when I'm coming down to content creation. I film. For, I write a script. I do cross examination for data and whatever. I film, and then I do post production for thirty minutes, mm-hmm. and then I post up, and then on to the next video. And that's like that every single day like three, four or five videos a day. Yeah, you know, what I found fascinating was uh, for me, my creativity is like in the gutter and I've been working on that personally. And I wanted to, I'm going to ask you something about that in a bit. But oh, yeah, uh, yeah, when I sure. saw all of your content, I was like, oh, this is cool. I see you again with something different. It's cool. I see you again with something different. It's uh, cool. And then it's just a bunch of different shit every single day. And it's, it's, I was like, this guy's a machine, man. How, like, how does he come up with so many different ideas? Like so many things to talk about. <laughs> Um, which was also, which leads into my next question. What do you do to keep yourself creative and keep that, keep yourself in that creative, crisp mindset? Uh, well, first of all, I, first of all, I don't judge the ideas that just pop up into my brain. Mm-hmm. That's number one. And, um, just aside from TikTok and all that stuff, mm-hmm. I just read a shit ton. So I read a lot. Every time I'm driving around, doing a passive form of, uh, I just do passive form of content sub- consumption with mm-hmm. like a podcast or whatever. Yeah. And then uh, my entertainment on YouTube, let's say, is like just educational stuff. Yeah. Like I barely watch Netflix. I barely watch TV. I barely watch any of that that kind of stuff. I don't play any video games. Always reading, studying, learning. So for me, it's very easy. Like one day I'm just like thinking about something, mm-hmm. and then it just pops in my mind. Drop it down in my reference list. Easy. That I expand on that subject. So how do you keep that sustainable then? Because um, here, so for example, like earlier this uh, this summer, I did something called the dopamine detox. Uh, nice. And yeah, I, I kind of just Alex Becker, yes sir, yeah, yeah. Um, nice, like nice. I saw his like no fap videos, and then I, I looked into it more, and I was like, damn, this is really interesting. And I thought I'd try it out for myself. Um, and by the way, like before nice. this summer, like I was just the type of kid to go party. You know, like, just study nine to five, go to class, just be a f-ing drone, you know? Yeah, and yeah, sure. And uh, part of me knew that it was a shitty life. It's something that I don't want for myself. Uh, but it was just, I was stuck in the loop. And I did this dopamine detox, and uh, it helped a lot. I, I, I tried to go through with it for seven days. I lasted, like, three or four. And then I really selectively reintroduced, you know, things into my life that I knew were super impulsive for me. So like, you know, Snapchat, TikTok, keeping in touch with my friends, I sort of reintroduced it into my life. And I I realized that I had this massive burst of just energy and motivation to do work and it was sustainable. But now it's, it's been like a month and a half and I'm starting to lose that edge. So I was wondering for you, what keeps you going? Like what gets you out of bed in the morning? Uh, me, it's for me. It's more for like, I think, I think the best way to figure it out Mm -hmm. to stay disciplined day to day is like just figuring out what exactly you want, like as far as vision. Mm-hmm. in your life like where you're going to be in the future what exactly you're going to be working on mm-hmm. different projects whatever uh who you want to be surrounded by your friends yeah. family where you want to live mm-hmm. and then it's kind of, it's more like it's almost like the mindset of like if i don't fulfill like this quota of like let's say posts mm-hmm. or if i don't put x amount of time of work in the thing i kind of did a disservice to myself mm-hmm. almost kind of like that mindset yeah it's a, if i if, if i'm if i only post two two in that day i go to sleep literally saying Bro, I, I just shot myself in the foot. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
but uh, I think it's I think it's you know one thing to keep disciplined for let's say social media is like mm-hmm. get more disciplined with other factors of your life. Like one one reason why I go to I go to the gym and train yeah. every single day mm-hmm. is not necessarily because you know everybody thinks it's like more of a superficiality, just like mm-hmm. getting a nice body or whatever. It's more of the fact that like every single day you're working on something hard towards some sort of major goal, mm-hmm. and it's just like chipping away. Yeah, and then next it's just, it's like reverse. It's like the reverse psychology of the dopamine do, dopamine detox. The dopamine dopamine detox. The reason why you want to do it is because you engage in one dopamine dopamine release for one small short term thing, mm-hmm. and then that leads to like five other actions that you engage in that are destructive for your life. Mm-hmm. You can kind of like reapply that, but in a more positive way with like other things. So that's kind of like the way I kind of function. And like, if I want to reach like the highest level, mm-hmm. I know that I can't stop. I can't like play games. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if I know like people out there are like working super hard and I'm chilling, mm-hmm. it's like they're getting ahead. And I only and I know that the zero point one percent take the whole thing. Yeah. So like I need to, I need to up my game all the time. Yeah. Nah, <laughs> and I think that's the beauty of the world we live in. It's it's that like you know if you work hard enough, you can like get yourself up there. And I feel personally, I've noticed in my life that the harder I work, the more luckier I get, and things just oh, get yeah, easier, right? Sense. And so. That it's it's a fun game to play in hindsight because it, it gives you it gives you a good uh, self esteem boost. I think that's one thing we don't talk oh, about enough. Yeah, it's like working super like working super hard on something mm-hmm. that's difficult, the challenge every single day is a big self esteem booster. Every time you engage in these like little short term like dopamine things you're referring to, like video games, mm-hmm. like you pass to the next level, or like you go out with a chick or whatever, it's like it's not a self esteem booster. It's just yeah. a short term fix. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like working out helped me a lot with what you just said, like the whole self, self-esteem thing, where it's like I'm working towards a larger goal. I put myself through that immense pressure and I see changes in my body and I feel good about it. And it's oh, it's it's things like this. It's it's almost like you become addicted to being uncomfortable because uh, yep. like, for example, like our conversation, right? The me from a year ago would have been like, hell no, nah, man, I'm not even, I'm not even going to try reaching out to this guy. But now I see you more, more of as a person that has a story to tell and I want to learn and I want to put myself into positions that are going to make me a little bit uncomfortable so that I can grow. And that's the beauty oh, of, yeah, that's the beauty of like everything that a lot of humans do on a day-to-day basis where they try to train yeah, and condition I mean, their body. Especially like, I mean, I don't know how, how old you are. I'm 25. 19. But uh, I think especially people our age, mm-hmm. it's kind of like, they've kind of like defaulted into no, 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 no. It's okay the way you are kind of thing. Oh, Don't even try man. to work or, yeah. or evolve yeah. or change up or progress yeah. or reach your maximum potential. And it's like, how destructive. Yeah. So imagine a kid who's like three years old, five years old, and then you consistently tell him, Don't change. Don't adapt. Don't learn. Don't pivot. Don't progress. This guy's fucking bummer. Yeah. World. And I, I, there's <laughs> nothing uglier than a 30 year old baby, you know? Like, it, it, so, like, if and if so like between me and you it's like if and the audience is like if we know that like the things that mm-hmm. we want to acquire are in the places that are like difficult to navigate in or like in the uncomfortabilities yeah it's like the more you can like kind of embrace and just go full deep in to that realm mm-hmm. the better off you're gonna be yeah the more sure. you reject it and run away from it the worse it's gonna be yeah and and especially with everything going on in the world right now which is crazy yeah uh, I feel like that's a great mindset to have, right? It's like try to take the things that you can control and essentially just exfoliate them into something bigger and just work towards something. Oh, definitely. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, like one thing, like with all the ideas that I come up with, mm-hmm. a lot of the times it's like delineations or 
or things that are kind of related to what is going on in the real world yeah. in the currents. Mm-hmm. Like one of the pieces of content that I started doing recently. Okay, so for example, just to give you an example of yeah. like that specific case. It's like, let's say police brutality is a problem. Yeah. And that's what everyone's talking about. Then I would make a post about the top seven countries with the, the worst police brutality mm-hmm. based on like certain like data mm-hmm. and whatever. Yeah. And then it's like really, really, it's like really linked to what is going on in the mainstream yeah. and culture. And so that video would do pretty well. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So <laughs> every day, mm-hmm. if you're up to date with the news and you understand what's going on in the world, you can easily kind of just like keep your ideas unlimited. I feel like it's kind of like watching out for trends. Like, um, yep. you know, like it's like seeing the shifts, the big shifts in, in society and seeing if you can capitalize on them. Uh, but going back into like TikTok. Um, I've all, yeah. I'm not on TikTok personally, but I have a lot of friends that are like trying to do YouTube and content creation on TikTok. And I guess this is a question on behalf of them. But one, what's the best advice you can give to a content creator that's starting off on TikTok? And number two, how much does understanding the TikTok algorithm actually play into making it big? Because all the advice that I've heard from random people just here and there, it was things like just post consistently, post something that people would like to see, and it's you'll, you'll make it big. But I've always wondered, there has to be something behind these big accounts <laughs> that make it. And I was wondering what your thoughts on that were. I know, you guys are nuts because every time I see an interview with somebody that has like, let's say, 5 million followers, mm-hmm. now I'm not saying that they don't know anything they're, that they're doing. Yeah, yeah. But like, there might be a variable in there that might be attributed to like, let's say... Mm-hmm a feature on them or luck or whatever mm-hmm. that may have gotten them to that position. Um, so for example, like let's say girls that are super attractive, yeah. they get like, I'm not saying I'm, I'm just kind of like nitpicking, but like, let's say them, they happen mm-hmm. to get like videos that get a hundred thousand consistently over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And it's like in their minds, they think because I'm putting out valuable content, but there's an element of the virality that has to do with like, just the fact that it's like an attractive girl. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so that's why when I listen to their advice, like these guys, it, it's kind of like just generic surface level, yeah. middle of the road, nothing. It, it doesn't provide any value to you. Mm-hmm. Um, but the algorithm is incredibly linked to the first question because the way I kind of view it is like on other social media platforms like IG, Twitter, mm-hmm. Facebook, YouTube, whatever, understanding the algorithm is more of a supplement type mm-hmm. than anything else. Yeah. And the way I kind of look at TikTok, it's that the understanding of the algorithm is the prerequisite to yeah. win. As in like, even if, even if you manage to get a few videos to go viral, mm-hmm. and if even if you manage to get a few videos to go viral, that won't that won't keep up or be consistent over a long run. Yeah. Like what like the reason why I'm able to get a lot of videos to go viral is because I've understood the algorithm very carefully and mm-hmm. then I've reverse engineered um, content to be in line with it. And I mm-hmm. fully optimized my content aside yeah. from all the value stuff to be fully in line with this native platform. Mm-hmm. I mean, we could run into like a little bit of like details of how the algorithm works, but uh, yeah, yeah, it's up to you. Yeah, no, for sure. If you have any, <laughs> if you have any pointers for anybody, because here's something that I realized that I really like about your content is is essentially okay. I believe that if you have some sort of viewership, some sort of audience, you can capitalize and make money on it, right? And I feel like one of the most effective ways to do that is to make them feel as if you're friends with them. And that means, you know, consistently popping up on their page. And also yep. what I've realized in your videos is your tone. Yeah. 
I don't know if you do this consciously or subconsciously, but I, the way your tone shifts within the videos, it just makes me want to rewatch it. I don't know why, but it's it's something that I've noticed. And I was like, damn, that's really interesting. And then on top of that, it's the way that you kind of capitalize on the things that are going on in the real world. Um, and it's just yep. really cool to look at. Because for me, okay, if, so yeah, go ahead. No, like for me, yeah, I try not to use TikTok because it's really addicting. So if I do use it, I try to use it and I try to follow accounts that give me some sort of value. So when I'm being a consumer, I get something out of it. And uh, it's like when you make videos that give a lot of informational uh, nutrition out to the audience, it's like they're just going to be more willing to come back that too, right? It's like some of the things I realized. So like what advice do you have in relation to the algorithm that people can start doing? Um, okay, so funny enough, funny enough is like a lot of the content that I put put up and post mm-hmm. out is very diverse. Yeah. Especially now that I'm a lot bigger, a lot bigger follower accounts, mm. and people think like, oh yeah, he's just trying to be an influencer, and it's like there's an element of that and yeah. trying to acquire attention. There's also an element that these people don't know about yeah. that I'm putting out different types of pieces of content across across various niches. Mm-hmm. It's like completely completely diverse. And the reason why is to showcase the people that I coach, or the people that I coach, that uh, look, you can literally post any types of content mm-hmm. in any niche, and it could go viral. There's no excuse. Yeah. So that's kind of like for my account. But um, yeah, what was the question again? It was. Um, so, like, what kind of specific algorithmic uh, advice do you have okay, for so people? I'll, yeah, so I'll jump into the algorithm. Maybe like it'll probably take like five, ten minutes. No, for sure. Yeah. Probably five minutes. Probably, yeah. probably five okay. minutes. Yeah. And uh, then after that, I can jump into some like details on how to how to make your content to be in line with it. So the basic idea of the algorithm, how it works, is that you post up a piece of content on TikTok. Mm-hmm. That piece of content is going to be boosted artificially, artificially by the algorithm to a wave of 150 people, and then 500 people, and then a thousand people, mm-hmm. and then 1,500, 2,000, and so forth. At one point, it gets to the point where it's like let's say it's like 300,000 views Yeah, where there's going to be someone at TikTok that's going to manually take a look at that piece of content. Mm-hmm. If that piece of content is productive and uh, beneficial to our community, mm-hmm. then we will artificially, we will manually boost it to a shit ton of people. Mm-hmm. So at every step, at every wave, 150 people, 500 people, 1,000 people, the algorithm is going to evaluate your piece of content and it's going to evaluate certain metrics uh, of engagements mm-hmm. with the contents. Yeah. There's five of them that they look at. The two first ones are the completion rate and rewatch rates. Yeah. That means if a person watched the entire video and then rewatched the entire video, mm-hmm. a lot of points. Mm-hmm. The next ones are the shares and then comments and then likes. Yeah. Okay. So that means we have to make all of our videos to be fully in line with mm-hmm. the completion rate, rewatch rate. Very important. So you want to keep them all the way to the end. It's very important. Um, one thing that they, so one thing that a lot of people would ask me after I say that is they would be like, oh, so if the completion rate, rewatch rate are so good, how come I don't make a one second video and have that shit on hyperdrive? Yeah. yeah. And the reason why you don't want to make a one second video is because there's actually a weight that is attributed based on the length mm-hmm. of the video to that completion rate. So a 60 second completion rate will be weighed much heavier if you're much higher up than like a one second video there's a threshold i think and this might be a little bit of mythology and mysticism but based on the creators that i talk to that have like a million yeah. two million three million followers they say there's a jump that happens from 
below 10 seconds to 10 seconds to 11 seconds and yeah. so forth. Uh, 15 seconds and like 60 seconds. Um, that'd probably be the best. But the way I kind of look at it is more like, like if you can master the 50 second vi- 15 second video, mm-hmm. then move on to the 20 second video, mm-hmm. then move on to the 60, because it's actually a skill. Like keeping the person on, hooked onto your video for 60 seconds, it's tough. Yeah, yeah. It's not easy, especially on TikTok and the internet. Everybody's moving super fast. Yeah. They're swiping a hyper, uh, they're swiping really fast on the For You page. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's the basic idea of the uh, the overview of the algorithm. The second thing I can talk about is the authority rank. And the authority rank is basically a rank that I will give, that the algorithm will give each account. Let's say it's zero to 100 points. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and based on this authority rank, your videos will potentially have a high organic reach or a low organic reach. Mm-hmm. So if your authority rank is very, very low, like let's say zero points out of 100, and we consider it a zombie account, yeah. and you see this often, you'll have videos that don't even get 150 views. Mm-hmm. They won't even hit that first wave. It's yeah. like, we've classified your account as like the garbage account. Yeah. Because you've engaged in negative behavior, mm-hmm. things like getting reported too often, community guidelines, violations, um, low performing videos mm-hmm. will affect it, that's important. And things of that nature, or engaging in the spam behavior, like follow and follow method, liking a shit ton of pieces of content and yeah. follow, all kinds of stuff, yeah. okay? automation tools. So it's very important to like uh, work on that, the authority mm-hmm. rank. And finally, last but not least, the last thing I'll talk about is the classification of the account based on its niche. Yeah. Okay, based, and it links to the first part, based on its niche. So if you're a fitness account, make sure that every behavior you engage mm-hmm. in is with fitness related content or fitness pages. Mm-hmm. If they classify your accounts to be, let's say, in like magic, but you're a fitness guy, we're now going to push your piece of content to people that are interested in magic when it's fitness. Okay. Yeah. So the metrics that you acquire from that piece of content at the, at the evaluation point is going to be mm-hmm. very weak because mm-hmm. nobody gives shit about your fitness thing. Wow. And um, uh, um, um, so classifications, uh, the ways to classify your account are things like uh, if you... Again, all the behaviors you should engage, you should be doing or engaging in should be related to your niche. Mm-hmm. And um, make sure your hashtags are all related to yeah. fitness, the caption, the keywords related to fitness. Yeah. Like two things. Uh, you said you coach. Is this yeah. related to social media? Yeah. How can people get in touch with you for that? Because obviously you have great insight. And I know I'm sure there, there's going to be a few people that are watching uh, this podcast that might be interested. So how can they get in touch with, uh, Michael? Yeah. The best way to, to message yeah. me is, uh, through Instagram mm-hmm. at King King underscore K H I E U. Boom. It's on the okay. screen. Yeah. And or email Michael M I C H A E L dot K H I E U at gmail.com. Boom. That's on the screen too. Um, perfect, yes. and on top of that, I, I wanted to mention, uh, so I, I'm a student right now, uh, and I love reading about neuro, neuro behavior and neuropsychology, uh, just papers and stuff like that, because obviously I, I love trying to understand how my mind works. And a lot of the things you mentioned were directly related to the way young kids kind of like seek impulsive dopamine rushes, 
Um, and this kind of relates to the dopamine detox, but it's, it feels like the algorithm's perfectly written for people to just sit there and scroll through, you know, fast paced content, things that are, you know, things that they would enjoy. And it just per- perfectly fits together. And it, it's fascinating that if you can understand how to master these algorithms, you can essentially make a living off of things like this. Oh, uh, 100%. Like the, okay, so the algorithm is very quantitative side. Yeah. But if I get into like content creation side, yeah. there's a lot of stuff that I do. Mm-hmm. In each pieces of content that I mm-hmm. put out, that's curated to be yeah. fully in line with like the subconscious mind of a person. Yeah, right. There's it's a lot of it's stuff, incredible. A lot, yeah, lot yeah, of yeah. And people think like, oh, he's putting an emoji there. It looks so fucking weird. <laughs> or he puts like a, a sticker there. It's kind of strange. Yeah. And it's like, bro, there's no mistakes. Yes, <laughs> that's incredible. Um, and you know, all the social media e-commerce life that you live. Uh, would that be correct, by the way, classifying your, uh, like, is it an e-commerce store? Or do you guys have branches in person for uh, your No, it's just, street- it's just online. It's, online? Just, it's very small. It's not big. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I was wondering, how, how did you get into streetwear? Like, wh- where, where does that stem from? Oh, it stems from, I was doing coaching for Instagram mm-hmm. a while back. Yeah. Just specifically Instagram and e-com. Yeah. And then a guy from my city reached out to me. Mm-hmm. And then um, we did a few sessions together, and then we partnered up with his secondary brand. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's basically what happened. Yeah? Yeah, because I was checking out, checking uh, the website out, and I was looking at some of the, like, products you guys have up, and it looks really, like, unique. It's different. And it does, you know, it was it was very eye-catching. And I was like, damn, this is impressive. Um, yeah, Japanese streetwear. It's a very, um, it's a niche that I think resonates with a lot of people. And it's kind of like a darker vibe. And I feel know, like, like it's like a tight-knit yeah. vibe. Like, I feel like people that vibe with that sort of, like, product are really into it. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The community in that area is mm-hmm. huge, bro. Super strong. And uh, okay, so we learned a lot about like, you know, your TikTok story, things like that. But I want to know more about you as a person. Uh, what do you do for fun? Like, do you have any hobbies? Do you play sports, music? Do you play the guitar? No. Yes. No. Uh, so yeah. for me growing up, I mm-hmm. did a shit ton of stuff. Yeah. I played badminton competitively, tennis competitively, mm-hmm. skiing competitively. Uh, track and field, like regionals. Yeah. And uh, swim team for like nine years. Mm-hmm. I did a lot of stuff. I did hip hop for three years. Did, do, violin, you th- do you think years. any of that influences or has influenced significantly the person you are today? Or if not, uh, has there any? Has there been one person that you really look up to that kind of like you try to emulate the I mean, way... No, go ahead. I, I, would, I would say that those things mm-hmm. really influence you massively at a, yeah. at a younger age. Oh, 100%. Yeah. If you did all those things, it really, really broadens the scope massively. Mm-hmm. Um, fortunate enough to be a family where like, I travel a lot too, so yeah. I see the whole planet, a lot of stuff. But uh, And as, as far as mentors, not really particularly any mentors right now, but mm-hmm. I follow all the guys. I follow Tom Bilyeu, like Alex Becker, like you said, Gary Vee, Grant Cardone. Uh, Gary Vee, let's uh, Bally, go. Bally Tayman, yeah. all, all of them. Yeah. Um, I don't take all... I don't take their entire philosophy and advice mm-hmm. for every single facet mm-hmm. factor of life. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But if there's elements of things in the certain specific context mm-hmm. that I can kind of like identify and take, take for myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. hundred percent. What's, uh, you said you traveled a lot. <laughs> what's, what's your favorite place that you've been to like traveling wise? Cause I, so one of the things that I, I want to do in my life personally is, uh, I want to spend a big chunk of it traveling because, yo, to be honest, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to be here for, like, 40 years, productive 40 years. Like, you know, the rest I'm going to be sleeping, 
I probably disabled when I'm older and stuff like that, right? So I'm probably going to live a good quality of 40 years of my life. And I want to spend a lot of that, you know, traveling, experiencing new cultures uh, and, and seeing what's out there. So what, what's been your favorite place uh, to travel to or one of your favorite experiences traveling? Uh, I think younger, I we, like we traveled to Europe a lot more. Mm-hmm. And I kind of got used to Europe. So it's like, yeah. it's always kind of similar, like delineation, deviation mm-hmm. things. But uh, now I think my favorite place to go is probably different places in Asia. Mm-hmm. Um, Southeast Asia is sick, to be honest. Yeah. Like it's not it's not as rich as like let's say like Japan or like South Korea or like China or whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh, really fun experience. <clears throat> like uh, the the smaller countries, maybe a little bit more poor, whatever. It's for me, it's more exciting. But uh, yeah, I mean, Thailand, Vietnam. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, that's like on my bucket list, like trying to visit all these different cultures and seeing what's out there for me. Um, yeah, I mean, the next, I, probably the next thing that I would probably do, and well, this is for myself, because mm-hmm. I've been around a lot, is that I'll probably go to uh, Eastern Europe or something. Because mm-hmm. that part of the world, I no. barely. Yeah. Damn, I mean, so... it's like former, it's like, it's like former Soviet Union, so it's like very poor. Mm-hmm. And, uh you know, not as uh, extravagant or nice as other places, yeah, yeah. but uh, it's like a place I haven't been, so I'm down to go. Uh, so <laughs> what what are, some, what are some of your plans moving forward? Because the TikTok ban, like personally, I don't think it's going to get banned. Um, it just doesn't make sense. The way I see it, it doesn't make sense for the U.S. government to ban TikTok. Uh, but that being said, like, what are your thoughts on all of that? Were you, were you like afraid at one point that it was going to get banned? And if it did, what were your plans uh to kind of recuperate that ban or sort of like sustain your following from that? All right, so first and foremost, and get into discussion, this discussion for sure, um, I follow politics, ideology a lot. Mm-hmm. So I see everything that's going on. Yeah. I'm not like 100% focused on every little detail, Yeah. but I have a pretty good idea. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I saw him say TikTok ban, I was like, my first intuition was kind of like this is more of a political move yeah yeah to for uh for number one to mm-hmm. try to send a signal to china because a lot of rhetoric against china mm-hmm. uh send a signal that uh your little chinese companies in this area we don't want them as much and we're mm-hmm. ready to take them down fast yeah it's more of that yeah i don't even think he has the constitutional and like the power to actually take it yeah, down like yeah. you can't just completely <laughs> oh down for sure company. yeah because maybe some data has been being sent to a foreign government for whatever reason. It's like if I start a restaurant mm-hmm. and I have an affiliation with like some sort of CCP CCP member, mm-hmm. it's like in my family. Yeah. Are we gonna shut down my restaurant for being an affiliation to like a CCP mm-hmm. member? Probably not. Yeah, like you can't do that. It's like anti-constitutional, anti, uh, full violation of property rights, whatever. Like. Uh- no, go ahead. So I, yeah. Yeah. So as soon as I saw that, I was like, okay, this is more of a political move, send a signal. Yeah. And um, I, I, sec- secondarily, I just can't, again, I, I just can't see, let's say, the parent company, ByteDance, and the owner, the, uh, the founder, uh, Yiming Zhang, yeah. putting all this effort, money, capital into multi, uh, multiple companies. Yeah, yeah. Using all, of his, using all of his brain power just to, like, sell out by putting by sending a bunch of data to the ccp mm-hmm. i'm just like bro yeah <laughs> no nah, like because um i know uh india banned uh tiktok yeah and uh so that's in- no go ahead and, and it makes sense because yeah india first of all is on the border of china mm-hmm. so it's a little bit scarier mm-hmm. india is more collectivistic mm-hmm. than yeah. the united states yeah. the united states is more individualistic 
And when it's collectivistic, Modi, Narendra Modi, basically has like unlimited power to do yeah, whatever the hell he yeah. wants. Mm-hmm. It, it, you know, it sticks with Trump and like the, the trinity of power, you can't really do that. <laughs> so that's why like uh, Modi was just like, oh yeah, we're very <laughs> yeah. That's like yeah, okay, but. No, because when, when I saw the chicken leg piece guy disappear off TikTok, I was so bummed, man. Um, like, I, I'm not sure. I, have you seen that guy around on your For You yeah, page? No. Yeah, man. They, yeah, I remember uh, we, we were like, I live in a student house with a bunch of guys that go to the same college as me. And uh, we were, I saw this guy on TikTok and he was eating chicken and he had like a million likes. And I was like, what the f- and I call my friends over and we spent like 30 minutes going through every single one of his videos and I was like oh man the power he has in his hands by just the chicken like beast man and and when I found out that they banned uh when India banned uh TikTok I was pretty bummed about that uh yeah no I mean I have a feel- specifically for India I have mm-hmm. a feeling they're gonna bring it back yeah because bro it's first of all it's a huge market mm-hmm. oh for sure you have a bunch yeah. of you have, you have a bunch of uh the uh, a lot of people that are from India, they have like a big uh, tie towards like this like big value, which is yeah, TikTok, yeah. one of their primary source of uh, mm-hmm. entertainment during the lockdown. And uh, then you have all the creators and businesses that are affiliated one way or another with TikTok. And mm-hmm. it's like you just removed it in one shot. And it's like, yeah, yeah I think TikTok is working really hard to try to get favoritism from mm-hmm. uh, Indian government. Same for every government. But one thing's for sure, this is going to be a big signal to any company that is affiliated to the CCP in China, mm-hmm. uh, to, like, not CCP, China in general, to start to kind of, like, try hard to pull out or to, 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 to hold back with being any being anything affiliated to China. Yeah. Because, like, now all the governments are kind of, like, on the edge, mm-hmm. and they're going to shut me down. What's the point of being, what's the point of working so hard? Yeah. And it's the classic, it's the classic uh, authoritarian government regime and uh, the exodus of companies and businesses in the free market, just everybody piecing out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that being said, uh, we're hitting the 40 minute mark and I have to go grab lunch with uh, my mom. But dude, this was an honor. Uh, I learned a lot from you today. And, uh, and I'm very glad because a lot of people are going to have some really insightful knowledge on, you know, TikTok and just life in general. And with that being said, do you have any last words that you wanted to share with anybody that's listening? Anything. It could be anything. Okay, well, I'll talk about social media since that's sure. kind of like yeah. more of the focus here. Mm-hmm. Um, my last words would be to not judge your not judge your ideas and your content too heavily. Mm-hmm. Like, stop judging the content for the audience and just hurry up and put it out there yeah. without worrying too much. That's what I would say. I think a lot of times, like a lot of the reason why I say that is because a lot mm-hmm. of creators, one of their biggest inhibitors to progress is like they're too afraid to do anything. Mm-hmm. It's like literally just nobody gives a shit. Just post stuff four or five times a day, get your face on camera, and then the last thing I would say is like practice a lot. Practice. Like bro, like me speaking on camera the first times, I was very bad. Yes. Very, very, very bad, and it just took me like fifteen second video here and there, over and over, refilming, mm-hmm. re-editing, re whatever. To actually finally get to the point where I'm like kind of comfortable being on camera, and again at the end of the day, like even people my, at, at my level now, like a lot of people don't even give a shit about my accounts. They're just like, yeah, this is a random guy. <laughs> so just don't get too romantic with like your little 
think that you're starting out mm-hmm. yeah. and just be aggressive just like expand fast think bigger and with that being said michael q everybody